Hey, Tane fam. It's your favorite Polynesian sisters. Today, we are going to recap all of our takeovers on dating. So sisters, what valuable advice slash thoughts can we give our listeners regarding the five stages of dating? Okay, so I wrote down that I loved, love, 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 love when she said holding yourself at a higher resolution and a higher regard in regards to self-love is a place where we need to be in order to be able to love outside of ourselves. I just love that because I feel like everything's, you know, it has to start with you. And if we've preached anything continuously in this whole season, as well as this first season, it's you've got to love yourself first. And my favorite quote that you said was, try loving and understanding yourself before you open the door to another person. And I think once you're able to do that, then dating would come easily. But I mean, you you won't have a successful dating life if you don't apply that first. I think for me, I didn't really have a stage. I just didn't think about any stages. You know, it's like, he's cute, let's do the thing. And if we last this long, then let's call it a deal, you know? But that's <laughs> that's not that's not reality. And I think um, if anything that the five stages showed me was like, don't do a disservice to yourself, right? Because I think um, what tends to happen is we're just like, thank you, let's do it, I want them. But in all reality, like it's important to take time to really figure out what it is that you want before stepping in. Because if you're going in with just the mentality that, oh, he likes me, I like him. When it comes down to it, you only have the surface. You're not able to tackle the rest, the the depth of what dating is. Every stage that you mentioned, it made me think back to my own dating life with my husband. And stage one, would you guys consider that the honeymoon stage? Yeah. I didn't even realize when you were talking about the endorphins, there's literally something happening to you, like your body, when it comes to like the excitement that you get in stage one. So I thought that was really interesting. I didn't even know that. That is interesting too. And then I just think about like the people who aren't able. So like when they come down from the endorphins, I think I like briefly touched on it. After the high is gone, gone. Oh yeah, this is where I sounded like a fog because I was like, like, but always come down. Mm. And so I just think like what happens, you know, after that and to the people who, you know, are only in it for the feel good and the honeymoon phase like what happens after that and then if that relationship that they're currently in doesn't actually work then say they go into another relationship and it's like the same repeated cycle you know in high school you have couples who are like all over each other like at face right and then a day or two later they're like (laughs) not together that's them endorphins coming out (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that was interesting it's like a drug addict right um like somebody who's addicted to like pain meds eventually your body grows a tolerance and you either need to up your dosage or hop on a new drug and that's basically like dating yep yeah that's crackheads no i'm just kidding (laughs) 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 and that explains why a lot of people change partners a lot because they are addicted to that yeah yeah that is very interesting yeah Uh, it's interesting but then it's also like know yourself right but also know the other person and where they are 
because you don't ever want to waste your time. Time is so precious. Yes, exactly. Do you think that in stage three disappointment, would that be considered settling if you're basically having to compromise in order for your relationship to go further? I think to an extent, like what we don't want to compromise is self, right? So like if you're compromising small decisions where it's like, we'll meet on Saturday instead of, you know, date nights on Fridays, something like that. Those things are minimal. But when it comes to compromising like yourself and self-happiness, I think that's where, well, we as women and men, you know, should also think about like what is important to us because you don't ever want to eliminate that boundary just to make somebody else happy and you're not. Yeah, I honestly don't think it's really settling because you're starting to get to know the person's true colors. So once you get to stage three, it's up to you if you want to accept it as is or if you want to stick to higher standards. I think once you are mature enough, you can get past little faults. And then, I mean, some things may disappoint you, but you look at the bigger picture as opposed to very superficial things. It's like half and half and right now for me only because I've seen like this, like a new evolution of how women um, handle relationships now. So back then it was like settle because you need your partner financially and you need your partner, you know, for the kids or whatever. But now a lot of women are getting a little bit more bold and smarter. And so they're not depending on the man for anything. And they're saying, you know what, you're going to be here for me 110% as well as, you know, vice versa, or you're not. And that's it. So I think it's, it's kind of a half and half. Yes or no for me. I really consider that like a decision phase for sure. Because like you're at this place where you're going to decide if you're like how Kat said, like if the little things are going to actually become big things in the future or if the little things will always remain little. I think like that phase is super important. I mean, every phase is important, but that phase um, because you're really just deciding on like, are you really wanting this or are you wanting to move to stability and commitment? And if not, like, I would think that would be like the easiest stage to part ways before getting into anything deeper. Once you get to stage five, which is commitment, you're going to be dealing with way bigger things than just those little things in stage three. So once you get to stage five, it's because you're starting to accept flaws and all. Yeah, I I believe that because that commitment phase is either what marriage or lifelong partnerships, right? Or whatever you want to call it nowadays. But that's where you actually are like ready to make this commitment and make it like legit, legit, whether it's on paper, with a ring, however you want to do it, right? But with that comes like so many other trials that within itself has its own stages afterwards. But you're right, sister, like it's a whole lot more than them little like, oh, you didn't put the toilet paper on there, right? Or- right, right. <laughs> it but- went from, I saw you looking at her, don't even lie, to like, yeah. did you, did you pay the bills? Did you pay the rent? Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Start to dismiss little petty shit that's so, because it yeah. doesn't really make your relationship. Yeah, I agree. In stage one, Sal was talking about how everybody focuses on the commonalities and they tend to ignore the red flags. So speaking of red flags, what are your thoughts on the red flags in the dating world or, you know, the the episode that Kat did? So I really, really liked red flags number four, not 
so much the you know abuse of like drugs and all that i mean that matters too but i like what you said at the end of four when you were talking about the friends that our counterparts keep i really like that part because i'm a firm believer in that when people and who people surround themselves with it's going to count towards whether or not you grow and i loved when you said number five when you're talking about watching how they treat their family like well i mean i guess for me it was automatic turn off because we're like always wanting to be respectful towards our family members but if i didn't know better i would have wanted to hear this i would have wanted to know like how does he treat his mom how does he treat his siblings especially his sisters right like how does he treat all of them because then how he treats them is going to be how he ultimately treats me yes yeah that's good. good I'll just add on to what uh, Jill was saying about how they treat their parents to me it's a red flag if they're disrespectful to their parents I grew up hearing like the way that you treat your parents is how your kids will treat you and if you're dating somebody you know eventually end game would be that you're married with them have kids and I'm not trying to take on somebody else's bad karma for how they treated their parents you know like I'm not going to have my kids disrespect me because you were a little asshole you know <laughs> like, yeah. like, like we, yeah. we can't have that Another red flag, it's somebody who always talks about how they were cheated on. They make it a thing to let you know, like, they can't trust you because of how they were treated in the past. When people are in a toxic relationship, when they move on to another one, they carry baggage with them and they release this baggage. They release this tension on their new partner when it's like that new partner had nothing to do with you being hurt. So to me, it's a red flag because... They shouldn't move on to another relationship unless they heal internally. You have right. to heal internally before you can release your love. Like what Jill was saying earlier, when you start dating, you have to be in a position where you can give off love and accept it. And if you can't, that's a red flag. Like you shouldn't be dating. Mine is, so yes, everything that Bess and Jill said, but you know, whenever you're in a relationship, you get into a disagreement or an argument and just somebody who just makes you feel like everything is ultimately your fault. And so they put you in a place of like condemnation where it's kind of just like after so long of hearing it, then you begin to justify them condemning you. Like, who are you? But yeah, it's just like stuff like that where I'm just like, no, that's like a big red flag. Whenever you're just not able to take accountability and responsibility for the actions that you have done, because it just shows like you're, if you're not able to do that, then you're not able to hold yourself accountable to me and to this relationship. And that's like a no, no for me. And then I always say like, really, if somebody shows you who they are, just believe them. That's a red flag whenever they're one way around other people and then another way around another set of people. And it's just like, pay attention to those small things. Like for me, like I need to know who I'm going to be with. Like you can't be hella nice, hella crazy, hella rude and be one person. Like I just need, need consistency, <laughs> right? Yeah, those are mine for sure. Uh, mine's was I actually forgot to add one and it was someone that's insecure. If they're insecure, they're pretty much looking for someone to stroke their ego, right? And usually if you have to stroke their ego, then that usually means they have to compensate for, you know, something that's lacking in a different department. But so that's something to look out for too. Um, sister uh Jill, you um sister Jill. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell is wrong right now? <laughs> no, okay. So, Joe, you mentioned about friends. So, sisters, like, what do you guys think about, you know, the person that you're dating having 
friendships with the opposite sex? Yes or no and why? I say it depends because just like Kat and her small energy, <laughs> it's the same thing with women. There's always this type of energy that you could feel from a woman if they are like flirting. So I mean, like if you know them, you know, like sometimes women are just flirty. That's just their personality. Then, you know, that's whatever. But you could just feel like a shift in anyone's energy. You can tell when, especially women, we can tell when it's more than just friends or like just flirting like hey boo you know they go out of their way to do things to say things they go out of their way when when a woman does that you know it's like ding, 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 ding. yeah no so i say it just depends if i know them and whatever we could be friends or like if they came before me and i start getting to know them then okay but i have to know who they are if i'm supposedly important to my my spouse then he's going to make sure that i am number one and he's going to be like hey, yeah, my friend, blah, blah, blah. Like, I want you to meet them. He's going to do that because that is what he would want if I had friends that were guys. At least that's what I would believe. So everybody has that one primary relationship. And if you come along and you enter into a committed relationship, all those other relationships have to shift because you are now the primary relationship and those people move to secondary. So if you're going to treat me as a secondary when I'm trying to be primary, then it's not going to work. Whoever you're going to for advice, that's who you're emotionally attached to. So I don't know. I think it's tricky to be friends with anybody that's the gender that you're attracted to just because of the way that the human mind works. In stage one of dating, everybody's always looking for commonalities. And in every relationship, it always starts with that one thing that you have in common. And that one thing can turn into something else. Next thing you know, you're beefing with your partner and you're going to this person because you guys connected on this level over this one common thing and now you guys are having sex <laughs> you know like <laughs> it was a quick jump but that's just how quick it works <laughs> well, I, so, there, <laughs> I feel like we skipped some steps <laughs> <laughs> but you know like I keep saying the way the human mind works because you're just going to eventually become attracted to somebody that you're spending so much time with. Yep, I definitely agree. And you, you're saying like the way that the mind works. We also know the way that the devil works. And just like you said, if you're attracted to that sex and then you're also friends with that sex and you have a relationship, you don't really it's not really um, an ultimatum there, but it's just the lack of respect, you know, so you guys were friends, but now that's history because he no longer has to confide in you. He's going to confide in his partner. So therefore, hit the road, you know? So for me, no, no friend. He can't have no friends of the opposite sex. Um, there were childhood friends that I respect and, you know, I didn't know him at the time, but like any female friends after that we have, after we've gotten together, don't exist because I won't let it. <laughs> Like, I am so, all. Yeah, I, like, I'm all he needs. <laughs> you got the whole bag. <laughs> I agree with you guys. I think it's important because, like, yes, we can look at it from a spiritual perspective, but then also from a natural perspective. We believe heavily in, like, women's intuition or discernment, you know, if you want to speak from a spiritual perspective. We know the intent of another woman. So I think 
when like how Beth said whenever you get into a relationship you do definitely become primary it like if your spouse or the person that you're dating is still keeping the other person as primary over you then reevaluate that's like the time to reevaluate this situation because it's just not worth it because well you always come second to this person later on down the road are you okay with accepting that you know I just don't I don't think that it's fine like that my husband would have you know a friend of the opposite sex if she wasn't my friend either it's different if it's a collective like oh that's your friend and she's my friend cool but even like from a dating perspective like i would not be cool with my husband confiding or with my boyfriend confiding in you know another female there would be some insecurities that could have been prevented developed just because of that situation and then those insecurities that you do create your significant other your partner should be that person of peace right that should be your safe place that person should be your person the one that you confide in and so if they confide in someone else and they put that someone else first then it's kind of like a a trio we ain't doing that <laughs> here well at least for me i ain't doing that if that's what you want to do do that but <laughs> just me personally from my personal perspective i don't see that ever working for me I just think it gives room or space for other things to come into play that aren't necessary could have been prevented I've seen too many like whether they were close friends or associates or anything like that where that's happened and it's just like no you know if you keep watch of the person that you intend on spending your life with or that you're working to spend your life with you should be keeping watch of one another and not somebody else and some people would say it's coming from a place of jealousy or like, you know, you're competitive. But if you think about it, you have to put your relationship in a place where it can succeed. Right. And I heard this on a talk show once. The guy said, put yourself in a position that you'll never be questioned. Never put yourself in a position where your motives or your actions are questionable. That's good. It brings in a lot of doubt too, right? Mm -hmm. Like then you're getting into with your significant other and it's just a whole lot of mess i'm reading this book called the boundary boss by terry cole and i think i mentioned this in the last podcast but honestly that book is like so awesome and so life-changing because it teaches you to create those boundaries in everything in your whole life without with your relationships all of it and when it comes to being friends with the opposite sex or wh whoever you're attracted to you have to have boundaries because you know everybody falls on hard times and it's easier to turn to someone who's willing to just like give you all this attention that you might not be getting from your partner at that moment or you guys are mad at each other whatever it's easy to do that because that's the weaker thing it's the easier thing to do rather than trying to work out what's happening maybe there's something that needs to change inside of you that needs healing or whatever it's easier to turn to that rather than like try to fix the problem from the root that was really good sister but yeah those were really good points sisters so that's all the time we have for today so next week tune in for part two of the dating recap and like we always say at the end of all of our shows spread love and light because our world needs you bye bye